Hello everyone, this is Tommy from the Get High Tyrion collection. This is a, not going to be a typical episode. This is going, not going to be a movie review. We discussed this on the show before. It's going to be like just a little like mini episode. This one is going to be released uh, for free, but the rest of them I think will be uh, on uh, the Patreon unless they get like unlocked at our own discretion or whatever. We uh First off, yeah, we're going to have a, a Patreon now. I'm going to try and, like, set the price as affordable as I could. I uh, originally wanted to, you know, have the price be 420 Unfortunately, um, I looked at uh, the exchange rate between uh, other countries, and it turns out that £4.20 kind of, like, sets, like, at a weird rate for everyone else, so I'm going to... Consider I'm gonna have us like I might just set it just three pounds and try and keep that as manageable as I can. Anyway, uh, moving on, this is going to be a mini episode. I already mentioned this. I'm gonna call this uh, section uh, "Seeds and Shake." I don't have a theme song yet. I'll see what we do about that. And it's just a uh, little things, uh, little insights that couldn't like make it into the uh, show. Things that could have been discussed a bit further. Uh, we will like uh, maybe like mention like what uh, movies will be uh, coming up uh, in future reviews and what uh, maybe prime you for a couple of them. Just an example. Oh, by the way, this is me flying solo for the first time, so sorry if I'm a bit uh, a bit off. I usually like love to bounce off of another like a guest or my co-host Eloise and. This is my first time really just like talking to a mic, to, talking to myself. But as an example of something that got kind of like overlooked, last episode we did was, uh, it was uh, Cheech and Chong up in smoke. And we talked about all kinds of things. We talked about punk rock. We talked about outlaw country. We talked about how um, the hippie as a cultural artifact lasted long past its like initial like political aims and just became kind of like a pop culture thing but something that we didn't really talk about was the war on drugs up and smoke heavily heavily satirizes the war on drugs it's got is they're constantly being raided arrested harassed by these kind of like a uh, uptight like fascist pigs and we don't discuss that. We also uh, don't discuss that Tommy Chong was arrested. He was arrested um, fairly recently during the uh, filming of uh, that show, that 70s show, just for having a shop that sells paraphernalia, just the bongs, the stuff that's used to smoke rather than even selling drugs itself. And he like ended up in a... Uh, kind of like luxury prison. His cellmate was the uh, Wolf of Wall Street guy, which kind of connects to what I, very obliquely into like what I actually want to talk about. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to wait until I kind of formulate my ideas about uh, the war on drugs and Cheech and Chong. And coming up to that, I will like uh, be looking at the next two episodes. Next episode is going to be Re it's going to be Ripped. It's going to be a movie called Ripped. It's kind of like a at the far end 
modern, like, far end of the war on drugs because it kind of takes place when it's kind of like, for weed at least, it's kind of like winding down. as like this right on the crest of legalization in America and how it started like kind of like spreading from state to state, not quite on a federal level yet. And then after that, I want to take it all the way to the beginning. I want to look at Reefer Madness. And that is a movie that focuses on Reefer Madness. It's a, it's a propaganda film, basically, that kind of like got absorbed into the, uh, you know, stoner comedy canon because it's so ridiculous and over top so these are two different ends like when they're like really starting to get people scared about this stuff and then the other end we're kind of like relaxing about it like rip doesn't take place in the completely like legalized area but you know it kind of just focuses on like where are we going where are we next is i'm gonna say this before we review ripped i've seen it once already didn't actually care for it but I have quite a lot to say about it so we're going to be looking at Ripped what this minisode is actually going to be focusing on is we're going back to Wayne's World and um, how those characters got revisited recently they got revisited not in a movie they didn't make a Wayne's World 3. They uh, re- got revisited in a commercial that was aired during the Super Bowl as big as a commercial technically got. I think the Super Bowl's ratings are still like up there, like uh, quite, uh, you know, still like one of the most watched things in the world were like... Uh, People don't all like just watch the same show, and the commercials are have been treated for a big long time. It's like somehow like part of the uh, part of the spectacle. It's a spectacle of sports, a spectacle of violence, a spectacle of like a uh, capitalism, commercialism, and there is kind of like there is a uh, kind of like weird artsy like different approach to what usually goes on in advertising and uh that's been had those like weird like artsy the most famous is like the 1984 commercial for apple which is uh kind of like weird and artsy then you just get like kind of like your surreal stuff like your i can't even remember what the advert was for but it's kind of like right at the start of like random like internet like meme humor and it's like a baby puppy monkey or something like that and it's just those words over again baby puppy monkey baby puppy monkey uh, and uh, this time it's a commercial celebrities feature heavily and they managed to rope in uh, Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World well, more specifically Mike Myers and Dana Carvey it ran during the Super Bowl, it's kind of like a, a big trend in uh, this year, uh, 2021, was kind of like, kind of like a nostalgia, I believe, like, they brought in like, um, Sesame Street characters to do adverts, there's a lot of like, uh, businesses that thrived, like, 
during the pandemic. This commercial's for Uber Eats. And I believe, like, the reason, you know, during the pandemic, people were in lockdown and it was kind of like, status, kind of like your patriotic duty to, like, stay inside and order in. Now, uh, obviously, the reason the take that Wayne's World had in this was kind of to satirise the original product placement joke in the first film. And this is, uh, you know, you talk about it, we found it, like, very funny, but, like, they kind of, like, still took the money from the, the companies or whatever and still had, but still had to negotiate with them. It's, like, kind of, like, a kind of, like, a greyish area, but it's still, like, ultimately funny because it satirises the way that product placement had existed in films before and kind of set a new direction for how it was dealt with afterwards. This, uh... I don't think it really does that this time. It's... Some people, like, kind of, like, found this advert funny. Others kind of found it a travesty. I'm kind of, like, in the middle. Like, as I've discussed, like, the Wayne's World characters are... They represent a, a counterculture. They represent, like, youth culture. And it's kind of weird to, like, revisit them. They're all, of course, like, a... The first thing you notice in the advert is, you know, they just don't look how they did. In Wayne's World 2, like, uh, Dana Carvey is complaining already that he's too old to be uh, playing this character. So, obviously, bringing him back, the first thing you notice is, that, yeah, it's... Wayne and Garth and they're old it'd be like uh, weirder to try and like DH them and you know it's just mildly upsetting to like oh they've aged I've aged but you know what can you do it'd be like weirder if they like used CGI or animated I think it's kind of like part of the whole like winking nature of this advert you know that (laughs) they just don't look the way they did it and you can't like when, like, criticising this too much because I think they've kind of taken it all into account. And uh, I was looking through an article on Eater, which uh, heavily criticises, mainly for uh, even, like, doing an advert for Uber Eats. Like, I don't... The characters, I feel, are, like, counterculture, but I don't think, like... uh, Saturday Night Live in particular is, or like Wayne and Garth as a concept, like the kind of slacks. The movie isn't like kind of like trying to take anything down. It's more just like a commentary on the fact that you have to make a movie. They had to make a movie that had to upscale it. It's kind of a meta commentary on that. But yeah, uh, Uber Eats, not like a. The slogan is eat local it's I find it kind of confusing it's the idea that you are doing a kind of like like I said I mentioned civic duty you're doing like a an important like social duty by using Uber Eats because Uber Eats supports kind of I'm not quite kind of like is supporting 
local restaurants because they covered out the uh, delivery aspect of the business that you couldn't uh, in go to in person because it was 2021. You couldn't in person go to these restaurants. They still needed to make uh, pay for the building and stuff. So it's kind of like, but eat local. It's uh, first of all, I'm pretty sure Uber Eats doesn't just do like local restaurants. It does all of the you know soulless corporate chains as well. So it doesn't quite like make sense as a phrase. And also, it's, you know, it's not like eat local means everything's like locally sourced. It's not like the locavore movement. Like a lot of restaurants, they kind of like all get their stuff from the uh, same warehouse and do different things with it. Sometimes they'll do the, the same things with it. It's uh, But so that aspect is kind of like out. Also, uh, some of the restaurants that are listed on Uber Eats, they aren't like, they're kind of like exploited by Uber Eats. They've got all these kind of like third party, like a uh, high commission fees. And some times when you order from Uber Eats, it doesn't even go to a local restaurant. It goes to what's known as a ghost kitchen, which is basically like a storage container out somewhere that's churning out food for different like uh, restaurants. Well, under the names of different restaurants, but it's all just like one warehouse. It's not like an actual physical place that you could go to. So eat local... And they mention Eat Local a lot because they're kind of supposed to be making fun of the manipulative advertising practices that adverts use. And repetition is certainly one of them. And the advert's kind of strange because... Sorry, not the advert, the article that Oneater is kind of strange because it kind of implies that, like, Wayne and Garth would be, as characters, would be far too smart and ethical to uh, partner up with Uber Eats if it meant potentially, like, screwing over their uh, local beloved uh, Chicago Aurora businesses. But I'm going to be honest, like... Wayne and Garth, they aren't that smart. You see them. They they pick up um, Benjamin's check without even, like, reading the contract. They just take the money. I, you look at the characters in the advert, they're the same ones. They've not really, like, grown up as people. They, uh... I mean, if anything, they're making... The characters making this advert for local access is a best-case scenario because worst-case scenarios, you know, they work in the exploitative gig economy. You mentioned, like, you see in the first film when Wayne first appears, he talks about all those minimum wage jobs that he does with his hairnets, and he wouldn't be doing that. He would just be, like, driving around with Garth, like, uh, handing out uh, deliveries at, like, uh, unreasonable hours, trying to, like, scratch out a living. It's, uh... it's just the way that it is. Uh, that's what I see for those characters, if, like, uh, things don't work out for them. So, uh, like I said, the uh, 
original sketch focuses on one aspect of advertising, the mere act of product placement, of putting something in a film for the purposes of selling it that isn't necessary to the plot. It's quite clever in Wayne's world because they point out that it is done, they point out that it isn't necessary to the plot, though ironically it does because it expresses their gripe with having to do what Benjamin says, because otherwise without that, them kind of like rebelling against him kind of just makes them seem like jerks because they aren't really made to uh, do anything that's too unreasonable. If you think about it, but they express what they think doing like following Benjamin's orders on the show, their own show in the movie, would be as like silly and grotesque as stopping like their actual movie to start like a <laughs> shilling products like Pepsi and pizza. In this commercial, they cast kind of like a wider net. It focuses not just on product placement, it focuses on practices in uh, practices in advertising to try and get you to buy things. I already mentioned one. I already mentioned repetition. They do like uh, they have like cute little babies because who can resist seeing a cute little baby that grabs your attention? They uh, do like a jokey, like a subliminal advertising of the phrase "eat local." They have a uh, Cardi B in there. Cardi B is uh, as a choice is kind of interesting. I'll circle back to that later. And they use like TikTok. They know that TikTok is po popular. This uh, the little like a uh, resorting like little TikTok meme like video style like halfway through. Uh, that joke kind of like really lands to me with me because they are, because they're old. So it makes like what they're doing seem like a bit more craven and like chasing what's popular. As for uh, Cardi B, she is a kind of a strange figure because she is a uh, originally started as the kind of influencer that we talked about in our review of Wayne's World, that people like uh, the characters of Wayne and Garth kind of like uh, trailblazed. She is someone who adapted to a new form of like a democratised uh, technology. In her case, it was Vine, if you don't know what Vine is, it was the, kind of like the predecessor to uh, TikTok. And then from there, she got picked up into a reality TV show. Her career kind of follows that, kind of like a plot in Wayne's world. And then she became like an influencer and she kind of like shills products that like, uh, well, at the same time doing her music in, uh, career. She like, you can't like overlook. I personally think Cardi B as a mu musician, I, I, she's a musician is uh, quite good. Like, I think she cares about her craft and what she does on that side of things. The influencing thing, maybe, like, not so much. She appears to just take, like, a check from whoever. A big controversy was uh, she shielded this product that was supposed to, like, a like flat tummy tea that's supposed to burn off fat. In reality, it just made you shit yourself. 
She was uh, called out upon this by Jamila Jamil. People in the broad culture, like, didn't pay attention because Cardi B's a more fun person than Jamila Jamil. I'm sorry to say it. I believe Cardi B's defence was that uh, if it made her shit, she'd just go shit in the bushes. So. It's a funny response, but, like, yeah. Jamila Jamil's more concerned about, like, a, the encouraging of, like, eating disorders and rather than the uh, junk science I believe there's actually some kind of like a FDA uh, investigation into such products but the main reason that Cardi B is here is kind of newish like I believe WAP may have came out that year she was like doing pretty good put her celebrity in it but they kind of like Oh, it's like a commentary. It's a, it's, a, it's a commentary on the techniques they use while also doing it. It's to her credit, she uh, seemed to like uh, had like a lot of fun. Like the thumbnail that I have on SoundCloud it won't be up there if you listen to this like in like the future. But the thumbnail I used for the Wayne's World review was Cardi B dressed up as Garth and. It's uh, pretty funny. It's pretty funny to uh, dress up as Wayne and Garth, regardless of, like, uh, your gender. It's a great couple's costume. You can't miss with it. <laughs> like, you have, like, man and a woman, two women, two dudes. It's, it's great. Either way, you can, you can just get away with it doing Wayne and Garth. And she seems to, like, have had, like, fun, like, dressing up for it and... The people who made the commercials seem to have a, a fondness for the characters, even if, uh, according to some people, they're kind of like uh, brutalising the, uh, the the corpse of the franchise rather than uh, honouring it. Like I said, I'm, I'm split on which I think is correct. It's why I made this. I just want to like try and analyse it. And I did it uh, conveniently long after everyone else on the internet had already reacted to it. So I'm just kind of <laughs> working in hindsight here. Ultimately, you know, they're like doing the skeezy thing while commentating on the skeezy thing. They are like uh, dragging up these characters that are like a uh, or being unable to play them, but also that kind of causes kind of like heightened surrealism that they're doing anyway, which causes humour. They do all of the manipulative, like, uh, advertising tricks. You get to see the characters again. It's, uh... The company is, like, unethical, but who else is going to pay them to do it? They... Next stage of what I want to talk about is how the next year on the Super Bowl. I let me just check. I've got the date correct. Well, of course it's correct. Twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, this year. I mentioned how the whole like influencing thing from uh, the Instagram influencer, which like kind of Cardi B was, still is, kind of like escalated massively into, like, wild things like Fire Festival, then escalated massively again into people chilling. 
crypto scams, which are which people like FaZe Clan had been shilling and then doing rug pulls and like just profiting off of their own fan base hysterically. And then just when you thought that couldn't like literally between like uh, this Super Bowl and like when I recorded that Wayne's World episode, it just kept escalating massively, massively, massively again. The uh, celebrities shilling crypto and NFTs got bigger and bigger. If you remember that uh, weird clip of Paris Hilton and uh, Jimmy Fallon on his show talking about joining the uh, Bored Ape Yacht Club, if you think about... Uh, like, talk about your manipulative ad techniques. Like, on Wayne's World, they like, you know, they're being fun, kind of. Like, because this is kind of spirit of fun and creativity to what they're doing, even if it's kind of like for a hollow cause. The Super Bowl adverts next year were like entirely crypto and were just like so manipulative that I swear. In one of them, it's literally just Matt Damon calling you a pussy if you don't go and buy some crypto. That's pretty much, it's like LeBron James saying that you'll be creating like or a Spike Lee and all this, like leaning into identity politics saying, oh, you have to buy like a crypto to like get generational wealth and it's... And then like in that time... I was making this episode, the whole thing crashed. If you let uh, Matt Damon insult your manhood or like your um, your intestinal fortitude, everyone's got intestines more or less, then you would, uh, you'd be broke. <laughs> because there was nothing like really supporting the whole, like, uh, thing. There is, like, supposed stable coins which were propped up by, like, other coins, and there's just, like, this massive crash. They're trying to, like, rebuild it up again. We'll see how that goes. The uh, NFT market and crypto market turned out to mainly be manipulated by the same people, like, uh, trading between their own wallets to artificially inflate the price. And... I think the addition of like celebrities to it, some people think it might have like spiked like interest, but uh, I think it might have just been like a, a sign that the whole thing was kind of like winding down. If you remember, like when we talked about the uh, Noah's Arcade as a feature in uh, Wayne's World, it was regarded as a uh, kind of like coaxing youth into a form of gambling. Like the, the arcade machines were in those arcades were kind of like treated like gambling, like pursuing like a, a kind of like dopamine hit that you could never get because the game was rigged. And that's kind of like what these uh, celebrities and these adverts were doing. They were like trying to like coax a certain like youngish male, kind of like similar to Wayne and Garth trying to talent him into like a and lure them into a form of gambling. 
which is highly unethical. So basically, you like say what you will about um, Mike Myers and uh, Dana Carvey. They kind of like dodge the bullet, like uh, not like hitch. If they're asked to do it, like a year later, they'd hitch their uh, wagon to some like serious like bullshit. So yeah, even though we uh, do end up like seeing like a uh, Wayne and Garth in their bloated purple dead in the toilet phase. I I think that's kind of like what you can call this commercial. Like they uh you know, Mike Myers, he's like just like he's kinda of like revisiting the hits. He's got like a TV show at the moment which is based off of like so I'm a character from So I Married an Axe Murderer. He's like revisiting uh Wayne and Garth. He's uh he's already had his like a kind of like hanging with Ravi Shankar phase that was him at making the uh, the love guru, which I believe was a tribute to an actual like a kind of like guru by Deepak Chopra. It's based in Deepak Chopra, so that's the um, his equivalent of that of hanging out with Ravi Shankar is like uh, making a tribute film to Deepak Chopra, and uh, so. He, he had to do it eventually. He had to, like, revisit those characters. He, I believe he's had them on Saturday Night Live a couple of times. But, you know, it could have been worse. I'm not, like, entirely sure we'll see Wayne and Garth coming back, except maybe in another sketch on Saturday Night Live, depending on what's going on. Um, farewell to them. I think... Um, this is about like at the half hour mark. I think that's pretty much everything that I want to discuss. This will uh, only go out on uh, most places I distribute podcasts. It will be on, you know, Spotify. It will be uh, wherever you download your podcast. It will not be on the SoundCloud because I do not want to bump off a full episode for a minisode. It will be on the Patreon. I'm going to start uploading all of the Patreon episodes so everyone can use them. And let me just check that I've got the link. It should just be patreon.com slash T-H-E-G-H-C-P-O-D. I will be reviewing uh, Ripped next to, on the 20th of this month. Ripped, it's a movie starring Faison Love. You may remember him as a big worm from Friday and Russell Peters. Kind of like, um, it's actually like watching this is what made me want to do this podcast, even though I said I didn't like it because just like the experience of like watching a stoner film, it kind of like, I don't know, it kind of like affects my brain, tickles my brain in some kind of way. <laughs> So I ended up uh, coming up with the idea of this. I wanted to review Ripped ages ago, but I suddenly became, like, unavailable. Apart from that, like, Patreon, I'll try... I'm going to try and get it as, like, as cheap as I can, like, just so, like, American people can, like, afford to 
<laughs> and other people can afford. I don't want to like be breaking the bank. Especially as like, you know, we haven't quite figured out all the content. Other content ideas I have is reviewing soundtracks of um, movies. Uh, I was going to call that the Colombian Hash Record Club. I was going to be uh, just maybe just looking at whatever. I've got like a series of like wrestling kids books I was hoping to look at with Eloise one day. If you have ideas, it's actually going to, if you go onto the, if you go onto the Patreon, there will be a, a Discord server. So you can kind of like communicate with us directly that. You can communicate with us on the Patreon. Uh, if you've just ideas and stuff you'd like us to review, uh, you can just still go on the Twitter, T-H-E-G-H-C-P-O-D. You can uh, still email us at T-H-E-G-H-C-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're on Instagram too, the Get High Tearing Collection. We, uh, I've got music, stanfield.bandcamp.com. I am hoping to have an EP out soon. Of kind of like kind of industrial like thrash punk product I'm working on called Gnostic. You'll be able to hopefully like at least by the end of the year I'll hopefully have that out. Uh, I don't mention this enough. The theme song is by an artist called JQ. We are always thankful for uh, them for providing that song to us. I like it. It fits the mood. Um, let me see. Is there anything else I can think of? Maybe I should like make up the theme song for Seeds and Shake. Seeds and Shake. Seeds and Shake. S-E-E-D. S-H-A-K-E. No, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'll come up with something. I just, I just forgot how to spell Seeds and Shake. Yeah, that's it. I'm calling it. We'll be back uh, on the 20th. See ya.